Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter number 11, and we're going to start, uh, we're going to share this morning on the subject of faith. Amen. Um, here in Hebrews chapter 11, you, you know this chapter, it starts out, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Those elders are the ones he's getting ready to talk about. All these people in the Old Testament that walked by faith and received, uh, uh, changed the course of history and so forth. They had a good report because of their faith. Verse 3 says, Through faith we understand the worlds are framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We understand that's talking about the world out there, the, 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 the uh, planets and the stars and all of that. Surely that's part of what he's talking about. But um, it could be interpreted that the ages, the, the Greek word could be interpreted ages. Through faith we understand that the ages were framed by the word of God. How many of you know if you go back through history, there were certain ages where certain things were happening. And people that received what God told them to do and acted on it based on his word. Let's take Martin Luther, for example. They cha he changed the course of history. And you could say through faith, people such as, amongst others, Martin Luther changed. Uh, you notice they framed the ages. You realize that we're blessed today sitting here in America because one man, Martin Luther, stood up and walked by faith and said it's by grace through faith. Amen. Including all these men of the Old Testament. Abraham uh, had made a covenant. And God, I mean, God made a covenant about his son. And, you know, he changed things, set things in motion. And just all these people, they did their part, ran their race, and, and uh, it changed the course of history. Praise God. And so we need to recognize that by walking by faith, we can change the course of history. We can frame ages. This is not going to be an age of where America goes to socialism. This is an age where people of faith rise up and say, the word of God declares. But if we don't walk by faith, it won't change courses of, of nations and things like that. Hallelujah. In prayer, the Holy Ghost has been talking to me a lot lately about this, the, the things that God we're, we're stepping out into now in Jehovah's ministry. It's bigger than just, you know, we thought. It has to do with nations, you know. Well, years ago, the Lord told me that if you obey me, he said, there'll be two whole nations that'll come to God because of it. I'm not bragging on me because I can't do that. All I can do is obey. So that's why we do some of these things. I'm not saying Mexico's one of them. He hasn't shown me which ones they are. But I want the Word of God to change nations. See, somebody said one time they were getting ready to go on a missions trip to a nation. They were, they were going to be missionaries and stay there. And the, the question was asked, do, they, do you expect to have any uh, impact on that nation? He said, no, none whatsoever. But he said, I do expect the Word of God to have an impact on that nation. <laughs> I like that. See, there's a man who understood he himself couldn't do anything. But by preaching the Word and, and moving with the Holy Ghost... Letting God confirm the word like he said he will do. They went out and preached the word, God working worth and confirming the word with signs following. Then that would change that nation. He knew that. He wasn't, he wasn't, his faith was not in himself. His faith was in the word that he preached. Amen. So we, uh, we see here that these men, they did all these things. Here in Hebrews 11, we have accounts of all these people that did certain things. And let me just say that they all walked in the supernatural. Yeah, we could sum it all up and say they all received by uh, tapping into the supernatural power of God and something supernatural happened to every single one of them. 
Amen. So you could say this, that the greatest things that are ever going to happen in your life are going to be the result of you learning to walk by faith and tapping into the supernatural realm. Amen. How many of you know you have resources beyond the natural realm to make use of in this natural realm that can take you way beyond what others can do? But it's going to take some discipline and diligence and decision to act on the Word of God, which is what faith just is. It's just simply acting as if God's Word is so. Believing it and acting as if it's so. You know, sometimes people say, I can't afford to tithe. And I say, well, it's not a really a money issue. It's a faith issue is really what the issue. Because the Bible said that. And you're telling me you don't believe the Bible says that if we honor the Lord with our substance and first fruits, then he'll not increase us like he said he would. See, it's a faith issue. That's a, so walking by faith, let, it frees us from being controlled by the circumstances of life. Noah got free from drowning in a flood. Because he heard what God said and acted on it in faith and got ready for what God was saying was coming. Amen. And all these people, Noah, Enoch, Adam, all these people, they did something by faith. And so what we've got to recognize is, is that as we study this, we won't go through it all this morning, but we find people that, you know, like for example, here's, what, here's why you ought to be interested in faith because uh, faith really taps into the power of God is what it really does. Amen. It really releases God's ability to do what he really wants to do for you. Amen. Amen. And I, if you examine the Bible, there's a whole lot he wants to do for us. And a whole lot he wants to do through us. People read the Bible and, and as we do, we can see that faith, number one, pleases God. Doesn't it? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then we find Jesus said that you can speak to mountains and things will get out of your way. Amen. Then you can see in the Bible here, here in fact, in this chapter, we find in verse number 34, I believe it is, or somewhere here, uh, they obtain promises. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There, no, it's verse, uh, where is it there? Verse 33, I believe. Verse 33 says they obtain promises. So faith can receive what God has promised or God has made available. Amen. I'm just going to share with you a few things that faith will do, and that ought to get you real interested in learning to walk by faith. Number one, it pleases God. Number two, it, it can uh, move mountains and get things out of your way. It can receive and obtain promises. We see here, we already read in verse number one and two, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That gives substance to our desires. Desires, things that we desire, faith can give substance to them until they're no longer a desire, but they are realities. Amen. I don't, mean some, I don't mean something that we as some new age people over here, some force that we have inherent in ourselves can create these things like that. I'm talking about believing God's word. That's where the power is right here. It's not inherent within ourselves because we're all the children of God, everybody on the planet. We all have these forces. No, get away from me. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the power is in God's word. He spoke and things happened. And faith taps into that power. Makes use of what it can do to, to obtain promises and give substance to our desires. We find if we read through this chapter over here about Moses that he chose to suffer. This is verse 25. Uh, well, verse 24, he said that he came, when he came to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt for he had respect under the re recompense of the reward. 
He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Well, there's a whole lot there. So you could say faith endures seeing something that nobody else can see. It walks by what nobody else can see. Therefore, it can have what nobody else can have. And it can do what nobody else can do. Faith enables you to do the impossible and escape impossible situations. Hallelujah. The rows a few weeks ago escaped an impossible situation. Because they're people who trust God. They believe God gives his angels charge. So they always say that. They talk about it. Where are the rows? I see them here somewhere. They talk about it. And, 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 and here, here, here they're driving through a rainstorm. Came up on an accident. Couldn't get stopped in time. Shh, two angels just split, split the cars. That's called escaping impossible situations. It's faith that enables you to do that. Amen. So we see here another thing that, able, uh, that Moses did by faith. He was able to escape labels that were put on him and limitations put on him by natural man. Notice verse 24. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. See, there's some things you've been called, but you can refuse to call, be called that. You've been called klutzo, slow learner, uh, you know, dull. You know what I'm talking about? And you can escape those limitations and those labels that man puts on you. Don't have an education so you can't prosper, you know. Faith enables you to escape all those limitations of human beings and get beyond that. I have a high school, uh, uh, you know, I graduated from high school, have a, what do you call it, diploma? <laughs> And uh, then I graduated, went to two years of Bible school. And I know people that have gone to the school for, uh, uh, well, eight years. I'm thinking, if I remember right, eight years to be professionals in big, big money areas. Ended up making $11,000 a month and went bankrupt. I'm doing better than they are financially through faith than they are doing it through the, through the natural way. Went bankrupt. Can you imagine that? 11000 a month went bankrupt. See, it's by faith that we prosper, not by having more money. Amen. I don't, have, I don't limit myself to say, well, I just have a high school education. I'm not discouraging anybody from getting a, a college degree or something. It might help you out. But if you don't have faith, forget about it. blessing you at all. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> So we can escape limitations of man. Here's another thing that faith enables us to do. It enables us to bring the power of God to bear on urgent circumstances. Daniel was in an urgent circumstance. And, and he trusted in his God. The Bible says because he believed his God. That's what the, Daniel said. The book of Daniel said because he believed his God. He escaped from an impossible circumstance and really a very critical circumstance. Somebody said the lions weren't hungry. Well, why then the next morning whenever they threw in everybody else that falsely accused Daniel, did the lions eat him before they even hit the bottom? Yeah. Yeah, well, those angels gave him lockjaw. Y'all there? You're going home. They just didn't like Daniel for lunch. They prefer Nebuchadnezzar's people for lunch. Amen. You know, they just looked at each other and said, we're just not hungry for white meat today. <clears throat> I don't know if Daniel, what color Daniel was, but you know what I mean. I'll get over it. I'm just having fun. Here's another thing they did here in the Old Testament, which we see in the book of uh, Hebrews, the 11th chapter. They reached beyond the resources of the seen realm and snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. 
Some of these people were in some very serious situations. Then we see people who uh, won and overcame circumstances in the midst of tremendous opposition. <clears throat> Amen. Then we see people who you could say changed the course of history. We already said that. Then you see people who made right choices. Even by, in the presence of threats of ungodly people. They decide, I'm going to do the right thing. You know why people don't do the right thing sometimes? You know, in our nation, there's a lot of pressure. To, you know, I'm so thankful. I just want to say this publicly. Reverend uh, uh, Franklin Graham has been saying some things lately. Just sticking with the Word of God. And he's getting in trouble for it. But I'm, I'm wanting to send that man some more money and just thank him. Because it's not popular to say that there's one way to God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been on there saying some things and, well, what about this faith and what about that faith? And he says, well, what about hell? Is there a hell? And he's on there telling, no, there is a judgment. There is hell. The hell is real. And he's been quoting verses. He helped Mr. O'Reilly the other night straighten out his doctrine. You know what I mean? Mr. O'Reilly finally said, okay, because he couldn't argue with the Bible. That's what I'm always doing. I'm always, whenever they get some of these preachers on there, I'm screaming sometimes, what about the Bible? What about the Bible? Because they're talking about, well, we don't know. You know, there might be this and might be that. We don't know. I'm going to go turn it over and watch a John Wayne. I know. To say there's no hell, listen to me, is to deny the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Because he's the one that warned about hell more than just about anybody else in the Bible. Amen. And, and if you don't know about hell, we have a series out there. This is, it'll scare hell out of you. <laughs> you can't argue with the truth, you know. But anyway, uh, I thank God for people like that. Reverend Graham, who, who does the right thing in spite of the persecution. He's chose to do the right thing. Amen. We need people that are leaders like that to get up there and speak the truth. So these people, we see Moses here. He chose rather, verse 25, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know how you choose the right thing? You have the right value system. Look at that next verse, verse 26, esteeming. In other words, he valued what he was going to get out of it. No, esteeming the, the rather the, uh, to suffer affliction with the people of God. Let me see, verse 26, I'm in the wrong verse. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He knew what God was going to do. See, how many people talk about Moses and know who Moses is more than Pharaoh there? You know, God honored him more for doing the right thing. Today in our culture, more people know who Moses are than that Pharaoh right there. I don't even know who that Pharaoh, what his name was. Somebody said it was Pharaoh. Well, they were all named Pharaoh, you know. But the <laughs> we have no clue who that guy was. But Moses obeyed God, did the right thing. And he's more well known today. In other words, God honored him for it. You see, there's temporary uh, persecution sometimes, but doing the right thing is a faith thing. It's a faith issue. Backing down on the, at the job. Now, here's some of you. I've been on some of your Facebook pages. I hate to break this to you, but you're scared of Jesus. Oh, come on. Let's say that. Let's say it. 
You're scared of Jesus. You do a good amen in church. But you're scared of your friends. And you're scared to tell them that you love him. And that you know him. And that you talk to him. And that he talks to you. See, and you won't make it. It's not, it's, to you, it's just a church thing. It's something you do in church. You won't make it. The devil, the devil will back you in a corner and keep you, and he'll, he'll shut you up. He'll shut you up. I wonder if he's talking about me. Well, it could be. Are you one of the, are, do, does it fit you? I like this movie, and I like this novel, and this, and it's all junk. Jump, 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 jump. Most influential person, and it's not Jesus. Anyway, I better get off of that. <clears throat> You've fallen into the spirit of the world where you compartmentalize your life. Here's church and God over here. But then here's my life over here. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Make the right choice. Make the right choice. Do the right thing in spite of persecution. It's a faith issue. See, you really don't believe that he's the Messiah. You don't really believe. You're ashamed. To, you know, Some don't believe, you know. Anyway, so they made the right choice. Now, here's something else that some received. They received vindication. Amen. Others exercised the authority of God's throne. Moses raised up his hand and put one hand on the throne of God. Basically, that's what the Bible says he did. And exercised the authority of God's throne. And, and his, the people of God won in the battle. As long as he was holding up that rod. That rod stood for the authority of God. So they exercised the authority of God's throne. You can say to the enemy, no further. Right there's where you stop. In fact, right here's where you get off. Amen. You can exercise. It's a faith issue. I get amazed and shocked. Not Al. I'm not talking about Brother Al. But people in the hospital. And have you spoken to this? Have you rebuked this? Well, because when we walked in, they had TV on. Nothing wrong with watching TV. Don't misunderstand me. I, like, I catch the news and, you know, the, what with the weather and stuff. And every now and then enjoy a good hunting show. It's about the only thing on. T that's my opinion, you know. <laughs> but. Anyway, <clears throat> they're weak. They just don't have much faith. They don't have any authority inside of them. Things run over them. Well, I don't mean to be so mean this morning. It's just mean on the devil, that's all. It's amazing. You encourage people and you tell people what their answer is. And they, after eight years, they still don't do it. It's amazing. And then they wonder, why don't pastor get, more, get, get the healing for me? Well, I can't. You know too much. Go over here to the, you're in the uh, 11th chapter, back up to the, let's see here. Let me find the right chapter. Verse num uh, chapter number six, verse number 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We have a different word in our vernacular. We say for slothful. In fact, I grew up on a farm. We had it. We call it lazy. My brothers accused me of being lazy. You know, and I guess they were probably right for a while. <laughs> but see, here he's talking about 
be not slothful or lazy, but imitators of them who through faith and patience. So this is a different kind of spiritual laziness. This is a, I mean, a different kind of laziness. This is a spiritual laziness. Faith laziness. Just because you go to a faith church and the name faith is on the sign and you have it on the bulletin at home on your coffee table, and even have a Bible laying there, doesn't mean that you're walking by faith. And that doesn't mean the devil will leave you alone. You're going to have to actually exercise yourself and practice the faith lifestyle. You're going to have to do the work. In John 6, without going there, in fact, you can go there. Let's just, uh, let's just shuck the corn a little bit. In John chapter 6, the disciples kept seeing Jesus act and do miracles and manifest the power of God. And after, after doing that over and over again, and then him rebuking them for not acting in faith and releasing the power of God. Because remember, he kept saying, why could they, they said, why couldn't we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, thou faithless generation, you know. Peter began to sink because he doubted. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, because you, you were afraid. They kept getting rebuked for not being people of faith. <laughs> Jesus kept. <laughs> you know, I find you have to do that sometimes. Some people, some people can just receive instructions. Other needs need to be, hey, what's wrong with you? Now, not baby Christians. I'm, you know, there's different ways you handle different people. But people that have been in the way for 15 years. And we're wanting to say, please get out of the way. Not you. You know, I'm just, you, you sit on the front so you get all the royal treatment up here. But you know what I'm talking about. People, they claim to be people of faith. And the devil just goes, boo. And they go, and they take off. Got their tail between their legs. One little doctor's report. I like to wow, maybe, I'll just say it in general. Carlos the other day got, he's out counting, but he was getting, uh, uh, he got a doctor's report. You know, it's pretty bad. And I didn't barely hear about it. They told Pastor Debbie, and Pastor Debbie sort of mentioned it to me. We just sort of, well, praise the Lord God. They, they know how to act on that. They just acted on the word. Finally, the doctors came back and said, well, we mixed diagnosis that. There's nothing wrong. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Now, that's what I call walking by faith rather than, oh, y'all pray, y'all pray, y'all pray. Well, how about you pray? Yeah. I take off tomorrow from Mexico. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I can't wait to get down there because what the Lord told me is going to happen. But they saw Jesus doing miracles and they recognized, now man has a part in this. I know Jesus was God and man, but see, he was operating as a man in the flesh. He was God, but he laid aside his power and glory, Philippians 3 says. And, he, and he, why, if that's not the case, then why did he have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to do these miracles? No, see, he was act, acting as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. That puts it in a category the way he acted is the way we could act. And they kept seeing Jesus acting uh, and, and releasing the power of God, and they recognized that man had a part in it, in giving action to the power, and they began to have this thought. Maybe we can operate in that power. If, if so, how do we do that? Now, notice here in John 6, 28 and 29, notice what they said to Jesus. In verse 28, he says, 
what shall we do? They say unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. In other words, here's what Jesus was saying. Boys, you want, to do the, you want the power of God to flow through you like it's flowing through me? Exercise faith. Exercise faith. Oh, I'd Carlos get that. I, I got the same hooga and nothing happened. He exercised faith. One way I know he did, I barely even talked to him about it. I think Ann the other day told me about the good report. But I barely even talked to him about it. One way I know they did is they didn't make a big deal out of it. Some people, they have an ingrown toenail. Oh, pray for me, pray for me. Yeah, it's just like. The world is coming to an end. I got a big ingrown toenail. You know, they did, they, see, faith doesn't make big issues out of what the devil's doing. The devil can be messing up your life and you just don't make a big issue of it. You say, I know the rest of the story. I win. Pass the potatoes, please. You know. You're just not making a big issue out of it. Unbelief makes a big, ah, big issue out of it. Amen. So they, uh, he said, exercise faith. He gave him the key to manifesting the power of God in any situation of life. You can manifest the power of God, especially in your realm, the realm of your own life. Faith is the spiritual work, Jesus said, that is necessary for the f supernatural to manifest. This is the work that you believe. Now, what does that mean? Somebody said, I didn't think we were saved by works. No, we're not. We're saved by grace, through faith. And faith is an act. Faith is acting on God's word. And that releases the power of God. Now, passive faith does nothing. It doesn't activate the power of God. It's an active faith that activates the power of God. You know, in our culture, faith is just a noun. You know, it's something like the Christian faith. It's just a noun kind of a thing. But in the Bible, it's an act. People in our culture, in the public out there, they talk about the Christian faith as opposed to the Buddha faith or whatever. Well, that's just a, a, a noun. That's not what the Bible talks about talks about acting on God's word. Amen. And that's how you release the power of God. I'll never forget a, a few, a couple, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Maybe, maybe not even that long ago, there was just person after person that got miracles in a, in a period of a couple of weeks. And every one of them said something of this nature. They said, well, I just decided I'm going to act on what I know. Amen. No hot flashes, no cold flashes, no goosebumps that told them, I feel like acting on God's word. No angelic choir singing, hallelujah, you can do it. <laughs> they just decide, here it goes. I call my body healed. Mir within a couple of weeks, miracle after miracle. What would happen if everybody in the church started walking by faith? Here it goes. Pastor said those miracles are going to start happening in my finances. Here it goes. My goodness. I'll tell you what would happen. We would be a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's what would happen. Hallelujah. So there's work to be done. We're not to be sluggish. We're not to be dull. We're not to be slow. We're not to be lazy spiritually. There's work to walk in by faith. There's work to resisting the enemy. There's work to casting down imaginations. 
There's work, amen, in renewing the mind. There's work in resisting the realm of sight whenever it's screaming at you saying it will never be, it will never be. You have to stand there with the devil breathing the hot breath of unbelief down your neck and you're saying, yes, it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. That's the work of faith. Amen. You know, people, they say, well, I've been standing for a long time. Well, what other option do you have? Just keep on pressing in. It's work to cast down imaginations, like I said. It's work to keep the care of the thing cast over on the Lord. It's work to resist the enemy's opposition and hold fast to your confession. How many of you know that's the first thing that wants to go? Well, I believe it, but, you know. No, just get up every morning boldly on purpose and declare the thing. I'll tell you, I, I make fun of people that drink coffee. I have nothing wrong with coffee, but I always tell them, well, I... I guess, I guess I don't need coffee to get up awake in the morning. I can just say it with my mouth, you know. I didn't point you out. Now listen to this. It's work to not change what you believe under the pressure of the test. Mmm. It's work to stand fast and hold your ground. Go to Ephesians chapter number 6. I want you to see something here, especially whenever we read the Amplified, but I'll read it in the King James first of all. Ephesians 6 in the King James. Notice, we'll just start reading verse number 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That takes some activity to be strong. In other words, the understood subject is you have to do something and I have to do something to be strong. I'm not strong because I just go about my day. I'm strong because I do something. It's not God's responsibility that I be strong spiritually. Yeah, he gave us the tools to be strong. Don't misunderstand me. We need his help. I, you understand. But it's our responsibility to tap into that. And that takes work to tap into that. I thought somebody said, I thought faith was a rest. Well, remember the Bible said, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. See, you're going to be harassed and thoughts running through your mind and unbelief and all that if you don't do the work to cast them down. Once you learn to cast them down, you enter into that rest. Amen. Now, here in Ephesians, it says, verse number 11, put on the whole armor of God. That's you and my responsibility. That's not God that's supposed to do that. We're to do that. We put on the armor of God that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Everybody say stand. Yeah. Now keep on reading. That's the, that takes work to stand. It takes work to not change what you believe in the pressure of the test. Amen. Amen. To stand firm and hold your ground. Now he says in verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's talking about the evil spirits and uh, Satan's hosts. See, they don't just come with a red pajama suit and a pitchfork. They, you know, like they, they show on shows, whatever. But they come with doubts and thoughts and fears and intimidation to back down with your testimony and all of that. Notice he said, verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand withstand in the evil day and notice and having done all to stand stand 
What do you mean having done all to stand? In other words, there's some work you and I have to do. The devil will push us right off of our faith if we don't do some things to make sure we're established in it. And that's the work we're talking about. Now, I like the King James, but notice what the Amplified says here. It says, having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place, stand therefore and hold your ground. Boy, did that ever explode in me one day. Having done all that the crisis demands. How many of you know certain things you go through don't demand much of a stand, but then other things they demand that you almost, almost from minute to minute that you cast down the thoughts that are coming to your mind. And there's certain things, certain situations you're going to have to do more to stand than in other things. You know, I don't, it doesn't take much effort for me to stand against the temptation to drink alcohol. When I was a teenager, I tried it one time, thought it stank so much, you know. But for you, it might be different. You know, and in other areas, it is different for me. <laughs> like, uh, so we got to do everything that is, that, 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 I like what that says, that the crisis demands. Do you see that? The Amplified says everything that the crisis demands. Now, what that's telling us is, is that each crisis demands a certain level or a, uh, a certain discipline, you might say, in faith. You understand what I'm talking about? It requires a certain level of focus. It requires a certain level of diligence in casting down imaginations. Y'all with me this morning? There's certain things that you're going to have to do to stand. There's some things the devil throws more at you about. Especially strategic things. I noticed this. The Lord said this to me one time. He said, divine connections will always have more spiritual warfare around them. And I knew what that meant. Spiritual warfare meant thoughts and impulses to run away and, you know. And I've noticed that with people that God brings me together with. I don't have much spiritual warfare against going to the certain grocery store I go to. The devil don't mind me going down there, but he minds me getting connected with certain people. And so he hounds me and says, says this about, this is what they think about you. And this, somebody said, you, yeah, that's, that's spiritual warfare. So you got to learn to identify. Pastor Nancy talked about this, about identifying fear. You have to learn to identify unbelief and identify the works of the enemy. A lot of times it comes in thoughts. Amen. So it's going to take faith to shut those things down and cast those imaginations down. And answer it with God's word. Remember the Bible said, take no thought saying. It's going to take faith to not take that thought, but to answer it with the word of God rather than answer what the devil's saying. You know, um, as spirit of faith has grown in, in maturity of spiritual things, people don't come as much with, with, with things that are, you know, in other words, they're answering it themselves. They don't come to us to answer it for them. Because they have the answer and they're learning to act on that answer. We make ourselves available and we always are here for people. You understand that. But we, we're, they're learning, all of us are learning to take the answer that we know and, and answer what Satan says with God's word. We don't take the thought. Just because somebody looked at me wrong and I don't, uh, that's not a friendly church. 
Well, maybe they were thinking about, so you've been f- focusing on something. I had to teach Pastor Debbie this. You know, certain little quirks that I did, she didn't understand. Certain quirks she did, I didn't understand. And, and the devil tries to get in there, you know. But this is one of the things, whenever I'm really focusing on something, she thought I was mad. I think some people, whenever I preach, they think I'm mad too because I'm really focused, you know. But I'm not mad. Anybody, I'm just got to get this word out, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, so you, you, sometimes people are that way. Whenever they're thinking about something, they might walk right by you and yeah. they didn't say hi, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and you've got to learn not to take that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's right. And if you want to, go find them down the hall somewhere else. Say, hey, good to see you. Love you. You know, just, just to go on the devil. <laughs> you getting anything out of this this morning? I'll tell you, whenever we really realize how, how much people actually let the devil dominate their thinking, that you find out that they're not busy and working in faith. They're not doing the work of bringing thoughts captive. Amen. All right, so here's another thing in prayer. Sometimes I said, I need direction. I need answers from God. I need instruction. Well, it's going to take work to shut down the mind long enough in prayer and crucify the flesh long enough to hear from God. Because some people want an answer, but they only can stay in the prayer closet for five minutes. That's not long enough to even get your mind quieted down. Now, if you can do it in five minutes, you're ahead of me. (laughs) At certain times, I can, but that's only because I've really been taking extra time to pray, you know. But average day, it takes longer than that for me. But they want answers, but it takes long. You need to have to take time to get your mind quiet and get your body quiet. So it takes work to do that, to shut your mind down. Amen. It takes work to feed your spirit. Do you realize that if you'll meditate in this word long enough, it'll begin to speak to you? The Lord said to me one time back over, and remember uh, Joshua 1a, this book of the law, not depart out of your mouth. You'll meditate there in day and night, observe to do according to all that then I'll make your way prosperous and good success. The Lord said to me about that. If you'll meditate in it, it'll speak. He said, it'll speak to your need. It'll speak to your situation. And boy, have I found that to be true. You can read a verse and say, I know God, but, uh, but I need answers. But once your mind gets quiet and you just let, let your mind stay on it for a while, eventually it'll talk to you. It'll be like, well, right there is my answer. Amen. A lot of times we already have our answer. We heard it 45 times in church. Why do you keep going over and over and over? Because I keep talking to people one-on-one. That's why. I find out I need to go over it again. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm that way. I need to hear it over and over again. So it takes work to crucify the flesh and feed your spirit. It takes work to renew the mind. Your mind doesn't get renewed just because you snap your fingers or just because you got saved or because you got baptized in the Holy Ghost or because you come to Spirit of Faith Family Church or because because you're in the leadership team or because you pastor a church. Your mind doesn't get renewed because of that. It gets renewed because you learn to think the right thoughts and you cast down the wrong ones. And you replace the, right, the, the wrong ones with the right ones. Amen? So it's work to walk in the Spirit. It's work to keep your tongue hooked to your spirit and not your flesh. It's work to say the right things. Anybody ever said the wrong thing and it ruined two weeks of marriage? <laughs> Hopefully, you can forgive quicker than that next time. I'll look up at the ceiling. I won't look at it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many of you know the next time you're going to do the work of mm, biting that thumb when it wants to say something?
Amen. Now go to Jude 1. And notice what it says. Let's just see here how the Bible describes some of this work. Jude is the last book right before the book of Revelation. Revelation is the last book and Jude's right before that. Let's notice what it says here in verse number 3. Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Message Bible says, I have, to, I have to write insisting, begging, that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us. That sounds like work to me. You have to fight wrong thoughts. You have to fight wrong doctrines. See, out in this world we're living in today, every, well, not everybody. That's a, that's a, that's just because you, you, we listen too much to the news say things like that. Sounds like almost everybody out there believes there's many ways to God now. It takes work to cast that down. And say, well, what does the Bible say? What did Jesus say? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It takes work. You got to fight for that belief. Why do you have to contend? Another translation says that you, uh, uh, let's see here, that you fight hard, the new, new century version, fight hard for your faith. Fight hard for it. You have to earnestly contend for it. Worldwide English says, hold very strongly to what you do believe. Now, if I told Chris here, he's holding on to a little iPad of some kind here. If I said, now hold on to that real tightly. You know what he just thought? Yeah. What did you just think? What did you think I'm going to try to do? Yeah. That's what he said right there. Hold real tightly. Hold real tightly to what you believe. You know what that tells you? Something's going to try to take it away from you. Something's going to try to take it away from you. You can just watch the news like I've been doing lately just because I just want to not let stuff in me. I hear, you know, you watch the news and about 70% of the commercials between the news breaks and the news breaks are uh, medicines. And they'll say, if your hair is turning green and that's, uh, you know, it is. Or actually, they'll say, if you have this, then take this medication. But, you know, you've got to watch it. Your hair will turn green. Your, your, your uh, ears might droop. And, and things will happen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get the runs and all these things will happen. <laughs> I feel like saying, well, that must not be the answer then, huh? I'll take it if you need it. But, hey, I, I, got, a, I got an inoculation. I take it every day. Right here. <laughs> they're doing the best they know. Don't misunderstand me. And they're trying to help people. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, but I'm just simply saying, I answer that stuff. Because they'll say, are you feeling a little down lately? Now they're trying to get all the depressed people on something. I'm thinking, ah, working out good for them. They're making good money. But here's the thing. I answer that stuff whenever they say, are you feeling this way? And I say, nope, Jesus is my healer. I answer it because I'm, I'm not going to let that in me, you know. But that takes work rather than just say, oh, I don't really believe that. They'll say one-third of the, all males are getting this. And if you're not careful, you'll sit there, oh, wow. You know what I'm talking about? You have to guard your faith. And you're thinking, the odds, I might 
there's a 30%, 33% chance I might. If you're not careful, those thoughts will start going through your mind. Well, when I get to be 65, you know, you'll start thinking those thoughts. So it takes work to answer that and say, no, 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 no. Uh, with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. He took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. A thousand may fall at my right hand, 10,000 at my left, but it won't come near me. See, that's the odds for me. 10,000 others might get it, but not me. Oh, now how dare you? Well, see, you're not doing the work. Notice he said, fight hard for your faith. 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. The century says of that verse, keep contending in the noble contest of the faith. Sounds like work. Goodspeed says, take part in the great contest of faith. Well, why is God trying to rob me of my faith? I didn't say it was God. The enemy is the one that seeks to strip you of it. Well, why? Because the guy that gets the ball in the football game, everybody goes for him. It's not about him. It's about the ball. And that's the way it is with you. It's not about you. It's about the word you're carrying. So don't think, why me? Why me? It's because of the words you're carrying. Amen. So the reason we must contend for our faith is there are other things that are going to try to strip it from you. Doubt, fear, distractions of this life, and all those things. Amen. Bible says, cast not away therefore your confidence. Don't cast it away. One translation says, never give it up. Another one says, don't drop it. Another one says, don't abandon it. Another one says, don't cast it there away for your boldness. You know, some people, they're still saying it, but they're not bold about it. This is the way it's going to be. When this is all over, this is the way it's going to be. I like Brother Al's testimony. He's saying it over and over and over and over again. 30 more years, 30 more years. And then me and Jesus will renegotiate. Well, see, the fear and doubt and, and the devil will say, I wouldn't say that, you know, if I were you. Well, why not? Well, what if it does See, there it is. Faith doesn't have any what ifs. You got to contend for what you believe. You know, some people, they waiting to see, I, okay, I, I got healed, but I'll just wait a few weeks to see if it lasts before I give my testimony. Well, you, ju you just showed me why it came back on you. Because the devil was the one that put that thought in your mind. Well, my unbelieving husband, he won't believe it, so I won't tell him. Well, see, you better tell him. You better hold fast the confession of your faith. Amen. You getting anything out of the word this morning? 2 Timothy 4, 7, at the end of Paul's life, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my, for, faith, uh, excuse me, my course. I have kept the faith. What is the fight? To keep your faith. To not let it slip. Yes, all these areas out there in culture is trying to strip it away from us. But how about these areas of I am healed now? Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Amen. Fight for that. Fought a good fight. No, you're not launching anything toward the enemy. He's the one launching toward you and you're resisting it, standing your ground. Amen. So the Amplified says, having done all the crisis demands. What does that mean? That means there's going to be some things that demand more than others. The God of this world seeks to contact you through the sense realm. He's the God of this world. So he seeks to contact through this world, the sense realm. Right there, some of you ought to write that down. Some of you just got revelation. 
He's the God of this world. And because of that, he seeks to contact you through this seen world. He'll manipulate circumstances and tell you things through those circumstances. But if they counteract God's word, then you need to be people. Uh, we all need to be people who take the word and say, no, that's not the way it's going to be. Yeah, but all my uncles at that age, they got it. A thousand may fall over here and 10,000 over here. It wasn't a matter. It was a matter of faith. What did they believe and what did they say and what did they think about it? I remember a pastor's wife one time. We were, <clears throat> we were, uh, she, we're good friends with them. We were visiting them. She said, well, the doctor said, uh, I've been diagnosed with cancer. And uh, I had known that her sister had uh, cancer. Her brother had died of cancer. Her mother had died of cancer. And where's the dad too, I think. So, you know, it was one of those deals where the devil was using that to hound her in her mind. And I remember sitting in the back seat. And we were all praying together. And the Lord said, tell her that, to, that uh, you are not the guardian of their heart and their mind. You're the guardian of your heart and your mind. And so you don't have, because you weren't the guardian of their heart and their mind, they got a different harvest than you're going to get if you guard your heart and guard your mind. You out there? Somebody said, did it work? Well, that was uh, over 10 years ago, I think. She's still alive and well. The doctors didn't give her much time to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, it's not a battle between sickness and healing. It's a battle between truth and lies. Which one's going to be the one you're thinking on and meditating on and believing? Amen. Uh, stay focused on what you can't see. That's part of the work. Stay in focus on what you can't see. Satan's trying to distract you with what you can see, contacting you through the seen realm. But stay focused on what you cannot see. Remember 2 Corinthians 4.18? We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Things which are seen are temporal. That means they are subject to change. You ever thought about this? The devil didn't tell you this, but I'll give you a thought from God. The devil says, see, here it goes. It's going that way. And you're going to die. Well, if it used to be good and now it went that way, why couldn't it be bad and now go back to this way? The devil said, well, that can't happen. Well, it it, it changed once. Why couldn't it happen? It's subject to change. But you have to subject it to the power of God. It's the power of God that turns things around and it's faith that releases that. Amen. So if we're we're focused on things that are seen, we'll forsake the resources that are available to us in the unseen realm, the power of God. I always tell people because they'll get a bad report or something, I'll say, yeah, that's that's what the natural says. And they say, statistics say this number of people get this and da-da-da-da-da, you know, and and this number of people die from this. You know, they'll still tell you all that. And then, but I always say, but they don't factor in something that you have that's different than all those other people. And it's called the anointing factor. The power of God. Getting involved in there through the mixing of it in your faith. Mixing the power of God in with it and turning that thing around. Me turning around? Yep. Remember the Bible said if a man can control his tongue, he can control his whole body. And he talks about the bit, turning the horse. So you can turn your body with your mouth. See, faith will turn natural things as well. It'll cause things to leave. It'll cause things to come. It'll start things. It'll stop things. Even natural physical substances. Didn't faith keep the water from crowding in on the, on the, uh, the uh, Israelites whenever they crossed the Red Sea? It says through faith. Hebrews says they walked through the sea on dry ground. It was faith that kept those walls back like that. 
In other words, faith will control natural substances. People escape fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's a natural force, a natural substance. And faith stopped it from, from burning them. Oh, my goodness. You get to thinking about all this? Well, why couldn't it cause a little cell that's mutating and growing in your body to go poof and die? Why couldn't it do that? We look not at the things that are seen. First, that's what 2 Corinthians 4.18 says. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> Light bulb. <laughs> like Pastor Nancy said, ringy dingy right there. That tells you faith does not walk by sight. Walking by sight and walking by faith are two separate things. Praise the Lord. Abraham considered not his own body now dead. You remember that? I'm just giving you way too much word to get around it. <laughs> Amen. A big part of focusing on things that are not seen is learning to refuse the suggestions of the enemy. And don't take the thought. Amen. Another thing is holding fast to your confession. This is a part of the work that we've got to do. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence. Hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. Amen. Now, with closing this up in Mark chapter 5, you remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She kept saying, King James says for she said, the Amplified and many other translations say she kept saying, and that's because the Greek implies that, that she kept saying, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. You know, if, you come to, if, you're, if you're wanting to come to church and have somebody lay hands on you for healing, you ought to say all week long till you get there, I'm going to church on Sunday. This is called having a point of contact. Dr. Uh, uh, Oral Roberts used to talk about this all the time, and it's so powerful. That's what this woman with the issue of blood did. She had a point of contact. She kept saying, I'm gonna, this, at this point over here, whenever I touch the hem of his garment, that's when it's going to happen. Amen. And you can do that. You don't have to wait until that, but it, it's, it's okay to do that if you have that in your heart. They're going to lay hands on me Sunday. As soon as they do, the power of God is going to go into me, and this thing that's been growing in my body is going to stop right there. You can do that. And that's what she did. She set the time, the place, and the how. People think Jesus is controlling all of that. In this case, he wasn't. She said. She said. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Now notice. And it says immediately, uh, you know, her issue of blood dried up. And Jesus, in, in the authentic translation, says, Jesus immediately became aware that power had been drawn from him drawn from him uh, the Johnson translation says uh, that she had made contact with him 20th century says that she inst uh, he instantly became conscious that there had been a demand upon his power what was it that made that contact somebody said her hand well a lot of people were touching him. remember what the disciples said there are many touching you yeah and you're saying, who touched me? Yeah. This wasn't just a touch of a hand. This was, this was a contact. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's been times I've prayed and I knew I didn't make contact. I'm not talking about my, my I just didn't feel anything in my body. And it didn't, it didn't feel like I got it. I'm talking about my spirit. I knew I didn't really believe I got something. You know what I'm talking about? But faith, real faith, makes a contact with God. It, it, and whenever that contact is made... Brother Hagin used to always talk about the law of contact and transmission. Amen. The contact of a person's hand touching and receiving by faith transmits God's healing power. Amen. 
And this is the uh, point of contact she made. And what it says was she made a demand upon his faith. I like that. Faith had been drawn, I mean, excuse me, power. She made a demand on his power, excuse me. And power had been drawn from him. Now, what did that? Jesus said in verse 34, what made the demand on his faith? Daughter, on his power. Excuse me, I keep saying it wrong. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Still true today. Still true today. Not everybody's still preaching it, but it's still true today. It is faith that makes contact and makes a demand on his power. Now, you analyze that very closely. And the Bible makes it real plain that Jesus wasn't going around controlling which people received or not. The Bible says Jesus, Jesus immediately knowing that, that uh, power had gone out of him. Notice that. Immediately he knew that it had. In other words, by the time he knew it, it already had. It was just a split second probably. But if it was him that was controlling the flow of his power into different people's lives, saying yes to some and no to others, then Jesus, in this case, didn't, we see he didn't control that. Because he didn't know it until it had already gone out. He would have to know it to keep it from going out. Right? Or know it to make it go out if it was him controlling that. He would have to say, okay, I release my power or in his self release the power of God. And that's an that's a act of faith too. You realize whenever a person lays hands on the sick, it's their act of faith to release that power. And, uh, but Jesus did not control which ones got it or not. By the time it had flown out, Jesus, or excuse me, by the time he knew it, it had already flown out. So it was faith that was determining who received and who didn't. Sometimes people say, well, it's just the sovereignty of God. Well, that wasn't very sovereign right there, was it? And then Jairus over in the fifth chapter, we're, we're here in the same chapter actually. Jairus said, uh, my little daughter's at home at the point of death. You come lay your hand on her, she'll be healed. He set the time, he set the how. Didn't he? He set the where. Didn't he? And Jesus said, okay, according to your faith. Yeah. And that's the, way, that's the way these are spiritual laws. Once you understand that it's spiritual laws that govern these things, just like laws that govern electricity, there are laws that govern the power of God. But we must do the acting on God's word. You notice in the Old Testament that the Jordan River didn't split until they got their foot in it? In other words, they had to take a step toward it. But people are standing back waiting for God's power to hit the situation. Why don't you step forward and start acting like it's so? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm starting to get up every day. Just, just starting to act on purpose. Act on purpose. Saying some things on purpose. This is how it's going to be for me this year. This is different this year. I've been saying, I've been, I have had got me a list of things that I'm believing God for this year. Praise God. And uh, as I say those things, other things come up in my heart. I write them down. Praise the Lord. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. 
And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 